coffee. So I don't know what it is about the sound of the coffee pot that makes it so relaxing to wake up to. Check out the weather out here. We have a cat too. Her name's Fat Meow. She's kind of hiding and talking at the same time. Um, so, I am going to be doing some definite philosophy today. Thought it would be kind of fun to include you on the morning here. Um, I don't think anybody plans on coming over here this morning, so we have some time. I'm going to sit here in front of the computer just for, just for the environment. So, I started to do a blog-style podcast, an update blog-style podcast yesterday. Um... But it kind of came with some shortcuts, meaning that I wasn't really sure what I was being honest about because this has been quite a quite a process, quite a growth process. I told you the other day in a previous episode how I have no right to tell you that your growth process isn't working if you truly feel like it is, even if I don't agree with it, right? While I'm getting into this, I'm easing into this now because I had a lot of jumbled up thoughts. And, um, I may include some segments of thoughts that I recorded over over the evening of yesterday um kind of over my evening tea a little bit here but now it's definitely coffee and philosophy over here um throughout this episode so definitely hot beverage and philosophy for sure so grab your favorite drink coffee tea 
whatever, and um, resume this when the time suits you. I'm going to clear my notifications. I'm going to, I do this out of habit. I'm going to set this on low power mode because I do have this weekend, I have quite a few Zoom meetings I want to get to know. And I'll talk about that because I'm going to get into the philosophy of where um, we are here on Life is Our Reality. Um, I wanted to, you know, I was planning on note taking some of the s segments that I had recorded. Um... And so I'm going to do that later. I think what's going to come out of yesterday's kind of recordings that might be, that might not be out, is really some writing. And sometimes that happens when you, I notice that, like, I've always been a writer, but it's always been very disorganized until I started to speak, and then it became organized again. So let's go into where we're at here on Life is Our Reality. Um... It's hard to start, but once I get started here, um, I'm going to have a sense of where we're going. Because like I said the other day, I don't know what's always going to come up when I hit the record button, but I now have been able to pick up on timing when the best time to record um, and the best environment. And I can show you how to do that if you're wanting to create podcasts for sure. Um, video, I can... I enjoy video at times, but I've not had the same intuition that I do with podcasts, so definitely go somewhere for video. I recommend, um, if you're into that sort of thing, I'll give you a recommendation, because it's from Amy Landino, and she's on fire with all that, and I'm not going to mess up the, um, the book recommendation that she has for video, if you're really into vlogging. Um, Vlog Like a Boss is the, uh, book. You can go check out on Audible from her. It's her very first book. Um, if you're into video and kind of want to get on camera. And she talks about it on her channel as well. So I know that the book is a good start. So, but let's get into what we're seriously here to talk about. Because you may not be a creator. You may be a creator. You may be a listener engaging with me through your own private thoughts. And that's totally awesome. I appreciate you being here. If there's one of you listening, if there's two of you listening, if there's ten of you listening, um, I really don't care at this point um, because this is just as much for my own growth and progress tracking and accountability and learning speaking skills as it is for for you. And... um Hopefully you found some kind of creative thing that you can do, even if it's drawing um, on your own or painting privately or whatever it is. That can help you in life, you know. This is the kind of thing that is what we need um, that can either add to our therapy or completely um, customize our therapy in our own way, depending on your needs. Um... So,
here we are and um, what I've been thinking about and recording and talking about and um, even journaling about like over the last few months and even before 2022 I started journaling about it so it's been quite a process um, about five six seven months now let's see yeah um seven eight months of a process of deciding making huge um decisions in how I work and teamwork so I want to talk teamwork with you um to get into this as a start I don't know this episode is going is a blog style with uh philosophy so I don't know how long this is going to end up, but let's start there because, you know, if you need to pause and resume as needed, that's totally understandable. Life definitely goes on and it's not realistic to expect you to sit here for hours in a row like that um, unless you definitely have the time for it. So if you do need to pause, as I definitely need to pause um, to sip coffee, take a gulp of coffee, you know, catch my breath or to even just go into another segment when I have more time if I get interrupted recording. It's just life and it's natural and so there's nothing to be ashamed of or afraid of when it comes to creating or listening or being, you know, engaging with somebody. Even listening to somebody. Um, we get into this like multitask frenzy and I I do the same thing and I don't think it's all bad if it's light um, busyness that's happening around you that you don't need to necessarily be aware of such as you know the tv on and everybody kind of winding down and things and you have the space to listen to somebody so starting with um getting into kind of what i've been journaling about here um i'm going to see kind of where I'm at um, with my thoughts kind of listen back a little bit and so take a pause if you need to and we're going to get into we're going to get into this one way or another here because this is all this these insights can definitely become explosive if you don't ease into them so let's get into um Let's get into it here. Where are we on trust here? That's where we're starting with. And that's actually when you journal, you journal. Um, if you're somebody who writes um, or even just if you're not, if you're just in a conversation with somebody, just trying to be as realistic as possible for all situations, because it doesn't have to meet a certain criteria but if you're just like in a conversation with someone or writing, sometimes you don't even know what your feelings are about. Even when you have the most alone time, you're journaling, whatever it is, you don't even know why you're feeling a certain way. And it's getting past like being a little bit uncomfortable and getting away from your comfort zone. We're going past that into why are you feeling a certain amount of friction with someone or a certain amount of 
discourse or um, a certain amount of like you don't even know what it is personally or like am I being too sensitive um is it just that I don't agree with something they said or is it simply they don't agree with everything I say um and it's something that maybe you haven't felt in a number of years and you're starting to feel just a difference in something and you're not really sure what this is I'm starting to learn how to even articulate this kind of experience now because what I'm learning is that philosophy is an experience it's not a look at how smart I am look at how many books I can read that's not what philosophy really is um, because if you look at things like John Locke and Plato and all these people that are famous for their work and all that yeah they write and read and they would write and read mo like millions of things and everything I'm sure I mean that's like a passion to read and write but it's a passion it's not a show-offy know-it-all kind of um, if you look at spiral dynamics it's not all about stage yellow um, and if you want more on spiral dynamics it's a psychology based organization system to help to understand um, people in certain areas of their lives um, if you want to look that up on YouTube especially actualized does a great job of really teaching that and so getting into that actually um, I've even learned a lot of experience-based philosophy from him I don't always agree with everything with the way that he might promote kind of a one-way lifestyle in some in some instances where it's like this is the best way to live but at the end of the day, he's he has a bias towards experience, from what I can tell, and a bias towards being active in your life, and even a bias towards um, at least being with people, even if you're not, you know, married or um, you don't have to be necessarily in a committed relationship, and just at least kind of having experiences. So he's definitely a modern example of philosophy and experience, but... Um, so if I mention people, you can definitely feel free to YouTube as any anyone might meet your interest or anything I say might meet your interest that you're not familiar with. Um, Google is cool and reading. And definitely Google goes into YouTube if you're if you're wanting to read. I tend to find that YouTube, you can learn a lot um, if you're kind of in that mode of growth where you want to learn, learn, learn. I've definitely been there. And I don't actually see that it's wrong over time if you're active in your life and you're not um, making philosophy some book smarts, straight A student kind of a thing. Um, and you also have street smarts. It's like that old saying, you know, they might have these book smarts, but they sure as hell don't have street smarts like that really matters. And there's a lot of philosophy on the streets. So don't discredit that just because it's in a different slang or a different language than books. I've kind of been on both sides. I love my books, but I also love my street smarts. I love my um, learning as experience and learning from people who have also been on the streets and things like this. You know, there's a lot of philosophy in survival. So don't discredit that if you're like somebody who's just got your head in, in the books all the time or don't discredit books there's a lot of street knowledge inside books as well 
if you are on the streets and haven't really been familiar with it. You don't necessarily even have to read. Um, there's so many different formats you can learn nowadays. So don't discredit this stuff. Um, even if you don't necessarily have to be into any of it to respect it, just don't discredit, disrespect this kind of stuff. And because there's everybody learns differently. So, um, what I've been journaling about was this feeling of, it's not so much discomfort, it's dis-ease, um, that I had had over the last, like, seven, eight months. Um, it's, it's gone away now because I've learned to articulate it, and if you can let something out or articulate or express something, um, if you learn how to distance yourself from emotions, you can eventually learn how to articulate something, to where it makes a lot of sense and it's in front of you. And then it kind of like manifests this relief. And so I'll, I'll kind of get into that. Um, this could really have a lot to do with friendships, relationships, things like this, that you don't necessarily understand all the time. And I think what happens when you outgrow the experiences that you've had in your teens, maybe you're a very mature 21 year old who is wanting to take care of yourself, but maybe you're outgrowing your 20s and you're finally a 30-year-old who's decided to grow up. Maybe your 30s, you did a lot of stupid shit too and you're in your 40s and you've decided to um, get serious, you know. Maybe you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s, 80s, 90s, even hundreds nowadays. I don't care what age you are, but it's about um, what it's become in this disease with somebody um where you're creating with somebody working with somebody um family members you know in kind of a family relationship um a business partnership that kind of thing um not so much spouses or marriage because that's actually a very different ball game and um that takes like a lot of promise and commitment and that takes to where you actually really, you can kind of get through all that with somebody and grow with them. And that's completely what I've really learned is that that is completely different from other kinds of friendships. Uh, my husband and I really have explored philosophy, philosophy behind all these different types of relationships. And we've, that's what we found is that marriage is very, very different and very sacred. And it's brought us closer together to explore these things. But and if you've listened to my old podcast, I think you would get an idea of it. It's kind of a very different topics than what I talk about here, but it's, um, it relates in the way of, um, when you start to feel like you've been in a close working relationship with someone or friendship with someone, and you start to feel this, uh, distance that it's like, okay, it's gone from like, I'm getting out of my comfort zone, or I'm disagreeing a little bit here, or I may not, you know, I might have a difference of opinion, or I feel indifferent to something. Or uh, maybe even a little bit of a lifestyle choice difference is okay. If we respect each other enough, if we have enough love for each other, and our work and all that, etc, etc, right. But I think what ends up happening as learning to articulate this is when you are getting serious and you're growing up you start to learn what you value and what your values actually are 
Um, for a long time, I was questioned about this in working relationships and in career. Um, several classes I've taken, um, and even just one-on-one -on -one creation and collaboration in writing and different forms of teamwork where somebody would ask me like, what is your values? And I'm like, or what are your values? And if it was like a class, I would write like a script, like, okay, these are the appropriate values that I should put for this particular class, like 10 of these. But then when I started to create and collaborate with somebody, they really wanted to know. And I now understand why they wanted to know, because I think there was like this respect gap in knowledge, like there was this... uh gap in respect there that they were trying to understand. Um, and so they would ask, like, what is what are your values? And I'm like, I have no idea what my values are. I'm just going through life. And a lot of us don't really know what our values are. Like, and that's why we make all these mistakes when it comes to friendships not working out and different, you know, misleading people. Um, because you yourself are misled by your own emotions at the time, which you can't really rely on because emotions change like every second. Um, which is why I record these so much and why they're solo and why they might come off a little weird to people who are used to a different kind of podcast because, um, uh, it's emotions being expressed it's thoughts being um, articulated or it's emotions being articulated thoughts being expressed whatever you kind of want to think of it um, and probably all of us at one time or another have had these same thoughts that I record and share for you so that's all this is really it could be a podcast it could be a message it could be whatever um, but it's still the same kind of game in thought um, it's still the same kind of sharing sharing kind of game. So let me double check that I am recording here. Yeah, cool. Um, so train of thought for a second. So you actually start to learn what your values are. Getting back into this, you're starting to when you start to feel um, this friction in a work environment or a creative environment, um, and I've done this even with, uh, teachers, your teacher's pet for years and you are in class for years and then you start to feel this, um, this like outbreak of like, you know, I actually don't agree with this. I'm actually a little more disagreeable now to this, or I'm not as agreeable of a person as I come off or as you think I am or, and that has to do with this kind candor, um, 12 and a half and I I guess this is my theme for this year because <laughs> this um whole philosophy within that book is definitely based on like experience it's not based on sitting there for hours and doing a bunch of writing or reading it's based on um I mean there's definition lookups and kind of understanding of words which is very actually very important but it's very much based on experience um in, you know, one minute you're really trying to see the person for their potential 
at who they are. And the next minute you're done with them, fired, uh, ghosted, uh, whatever it is. And I, I didn't think I struggled with this anymore. Like I thought I kind of outgrew this, but what ends up happening is you, you get these values and you get these like mind changes over time when you're working in a creative environment and you're only working in a way that it's not anybody's fault, but your own, but you're only working in a way that suits somebody else. And that's what I've struggled with, um, is I was only working in a way I would try to bring up these other things. I would mention these other things. And, uh, what I realized was happening and it's not, again, it's not anybody's fault. It's something I didn't read years ago that I should have really been a little more mindful of for the other person's sake not to lead the other person or people on in careers and you know why we start and stop things why we uh, change our mind all the time which is great to change your mind all the time but why it can be messy to start and stop things is because with other people when you're dealing with them and you're working with them and you're trying to compensate constantly for them. Um, that is a definite advantage and strength as a good friend. But what about when you kind of want to go beyond that and into like a working relationship or establish a creative rapport with someone where it's like, yeah, we're friends, but like, are we creating on the same page? And that's where... Life really will matter at that point. That is where the way somebody lives or doesn't live will actually matter a whole hell of a lot. And the way somebody is willing to meet you face to face or not willing to meet you face to face, the way somebody is willing to do things virtually that they have to get out of their comfort zone to do, like such as... um being open-minded when you see something, a potential in someone, and that's just it, keyword potential, not so much doing, but you see the potential in their work, the talent that they might have, and you say, try this, and the answer is like a def like a hard-hitting, like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to refuse, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to try to sell my talent at all, I'm not going to try to, uh, I don't believe in and that I have, and, and it's, it becomes a value game of like, I have totally different values than you. And it's something, I think that's why the kind candor struggle happens because we, we fall in love with somebody's talent and I'm talking like creator. I'm not necessarily talking like that. I'm a, an entrepreneur that can go make money selling lemonade and all that. Like that's not necessarily me. But I, I relate in the same way of being a creative, like, having an artist mindset where it's like, look, there's talent here and um, all of that kind of stuff. And it gets to where, um, like, we're not in school anymore. This isn't a talent show where you're having to perform on stage for free and then constantly be educated. So let me um, get back with more thoughts in a bit here. Yeah, so I just definitely had to get 
course, some more coffee. Had to stop and have a little Saturday breakfast, a little treat. Um, and get back to thoughts and really listen back. And um, the a lot of this kind of stuff needs to be clarified a little bit more. So, if you see the potential in someone and you think they should do something, and I've been there on the other side of this where somebody sees the potential in me um, to live a certain independent life or to parent a certain way, and that's not what I want to do. So, that is what I think has stopped me from even getting into values in the past because I never wanted to come off as judgmental. I never wanted to let my own natural flawed judgments that we all have, whether we admit it or not, um, unless we can really learn and grow enough to be aware and all that kind of stuff, um, that of our own self and our own kind of egos and things like that. Um, we're all going to have this come up a little bit and it's not a matter of I think what happens is when you start to judge or you start to cherry pick or you start to understand that they that um, they might be open-minded to some things but not to everything and you might be open-minded to some things and not to everything it doesn't mean you have to work for somebody or say yes to something every suggestion that somebody gives you. Like, I've not necessarily said yes to every suggestion somebody gives me, but the difference is the value and experience. If somebody is has potential or has um, even a reason why something might benefit them, some more experience in life, not trying anything at all to understand what's going to work for somebody Um is kind of where your values come in about like when I talk about earlier living or not living it's experiencing or not experiencing and there's this disconnect or this distrust that happens after the disease where you don't realize that it's distrust because maybe you've known the person for so long or you've worked with them for so long right but there's a distrust in hey do you really trust what I'm saying? Because maybe you, your, your values are completely different than mine creatively. How can, if you don't have, if, if the values are starting to clash every second, how are you going to enjoy creating with me? Um, and how are you going to want to try new things, which is part of at least my creation process. Um, not just sticking to old patterns and only doing old patterns. And in some ways, people who have these working relationships and suddenly have these things end are going to be tested. Like if somebody has ended that with you or you have ended that with, with them, you're going to be tested in your growth because it's like now that I've lost all these conveniences, I might have a reason to actually help myself. I might have a reason to actually take responsibility um, I might have a reason to lean in and get in on accountability. I might have a reason 
to figure out what I am willing to experience, what I do want. And the distrust is happening when people are conflict avoidant and they avoid to talk about certain things. And the only reason I think, and I sort of had mentioned this in kind of my journaling um, here in Anchor, which is the podcast platform that I do record with. I do even some audio journal entries, which is kind of what the draft turned into yesterday. It ended up being like a show with, in reaction to, it it was more of a reaction-based show on a video and um, a community-based podcast um, for the blind and things like that. And I want to put that as resources, but the topics kind of gotten, they kind of didn't, I didn't go as deep as I wanted, so I'm not actually going to put segments from that in here. Um, I might save those. I always save my segments for other times, but this episode is kind of based on taking a drink of coffee. Just kidding. This episode is based on (laughs) philosophy being an experience rather than a um, knowledge set. Um, And so going from that, into um kind of going off of that and going kind of even deeper um the reason why distrust happens in these kinds of working relationships is because you almost feel as if the other person in not sharing daily life experiences um face-to-face or um, kind of a little less open-minded with you than with other family or a little less open-minded with you in doing things or going out and then watching maybe them live their life like they're willing to place their values on things like drinking, things like eating out at restaurants all the time, things like um, not taking responsibility for their money, things that you kind of see and you're like, I'm really getting deep on creating with this person. And I want to talk about what their values are as well. Um, and if it's tending to clash to the point where they are dismissing your values, discouraging your values, Um, but you're supposed to have respect for their values. That's a huge clash in a working creative relationship, in a business relationship, in a artist relationship, if you will. Um, again, I don't mean in entrepreneur, it it could apply to entrepreneurship, but I'm really talking about like artist to artist working together long enough to be, to know the family long enough to you kind of get where I'm coming from, right? In these kinds of working relationships, it's um, it becomes a game of like, are our values on the same chessboard, or are you just kind of pushing mine to a whole nother? Like, I have to move from playing on your chessboard. I have to go to a completely, excuse me, different chessboard. I have to go to a completely different chessboard to work on this other project. Like I have to separate and in some ways separation is good 
in adapting. And I've learned how to kind of adapt a little bit, chameleon a little bit, you know. Um, but in other ways, when it's one thing to be a chameleon and be proud that you can change colors and adapt. It's another thing to have to wear a disguise like, okay, if I know that I'm working with you, I have to be anti-capitalist to work with you. But then in order to work with this other person, I have to be pro-capitalist instead of just embracing centerism. Um, it gets into like, um, that's why I don't like politics because politics plays way too big of a role in society and in relationships and even in like families and family homes where families are divided because of stupid little uh, opinions and difference of voting and difference or not voting um, and difference of things like that. And so when you see somebody who you are putting your whole life into growing in a creative field um, and you're no longer separating your virtual world from your in-person world and it's a matter of real life. It's not about necessarily virtual friendships versus face-to-face friendships and I'm against social media. I thought that's that might have been what it was at first. Um, and in my husband and I's working relationship, because we definitely have a working relationship, it's been more face-to-face and um, kind of private, but now we're kind of like we brought it into the podcast a little more, is um, this whole thing of it's no longer about virtual and face-to-face, and that's the main problem, because that's really not. Um, there are there's a community that we're actually learning more about for the blind that is American Council of the Blind if you're interested and they do ACB community um, with groups on Facebook and email lists um, and then their main hangout is Zoom which is awesome for those who don't have internet or who don't have a smartphone because there are some people in our community who find themselves without internet access or without the means to learn a smartphone or have a smartphone they have way too much else on their plate when it comes to taking care of their own health or kind of working um to take care of their family and things like that they don't really have the means and so it is really cool as far as this community because what they do is they can help people in real life Um, And help each other and lift each other up and even like mail out, you know, and sell and buy and mail things to each other. Like if you're buying from them, like these things will come in real life, obviously, in the mail, like anywhere else. But it's blind people actually doing something. So it's not so much even. And then they have the face to face um, yearly annual conventions, monthly meetings in Uh, local chapters so it is about a balance between you know this is like let's actually do this in our real life kind of a thing kind of a working relationship rather than um, and even networking rather than um, let's have a world where our hobbies are hidden in the closet and they're going to be different from um, our family and our family is just going to kind of want us to go out to eat and drink 
And I'm going to have to do that with the family because I'm obligated because they help me financially and I have no say in any of it. So I might as well enjoy the benefits and not focus on my meditation or what I'm actually doing or my prayer. Or even if you don't want to make it a religious thing and once in a while if you can handle a couple drinks, that's fine. But because I'm not one to talk at all, like I've had my own drinking issues and things like that and I've had my own beliefs and I definitely believe in, I'm not a religious person at all, I'm spiritual and I've kind of been looking for communities anyway and um I've known churches to be extremely open and and liberal as well so I'm not doing any of this for judgment or religion or any of that um and I myself am very libertarian and center in my politics not too left and not too right at all um more towards left in some areas and more towards right in other areas but it's more about Are you taking your creative work serious enough that it's become a value that you live by? In other words, are you actually practicing what you preach, which is awareness, right? Or maybe it's um, be kind to each other and you're not really doing that. Or maybe it's um, take care of yourself and you're not really doing that. Or maybe it's... um, you value introversion and alone time um, only when you're not obligated to your family, but all of a sudden when you're obligated to your family, you don't value that anymore. And and then it's become like a closet hobby, like you're a closet creator. And that's what um, I don't agree with. Now, does that necessarily mean that I'm going to show my family, hey, look at my podcast, look at my channel? No. But when my family has had tech questions, I'm not afraid to tell them that I create. I'm not afraid to tell them that I write. I'm not afraid to tell them that I... And if they want to listen, I'm not going to shove it down their throat necessarily. Because I'm not doing it for that. But if if they did get curious, I would share this with them. And I would not mind if they found it or stumbled upon it. Because it's called being secure with yourself. And it's called... This is not a hobby. This is real life that I'm sharing with you. And so in a working relationship like this, um, are you working with somebody for the benefits even? Or is it because you really believe that they align with you as family or as a person um, or as... You know, and I know nothing about business. Like, I'm again, I'm not entrepreneurial to go, like, I, I could go make money in five seconds or any of that. Like, I know absolutely nothing. But what I do know is my experience. And then you have the opposite problem, too, where I've worked with people um, over the years locally and and long distance even, too, like online and and all that kind of stuff where it's about being on the clock constantly and working. And then when you're off the clock, you don't really give a shit about the people you work with. So I've been in that in a corporate environment and now I feel that I've been in that in kind of a creative environment in a sense. It's not fully that the person wouldn't give a shit. It's more that this is I'm going to put my work in one closet and then I'm going to put my family and my life with them in another closet and I'm going to just like do my best to 
once in a while if I get lucky and can have contact with people that I work with and we're doing things and hanging out. That's I might do that kind of in secret, but and it's also kind of like relationships that are closeted. And I've kind of been involved in that kind of stuff where relationships themselves have been closeted because of their different kinds of relationships and somebody who um, they might be ashamed of the kind of relationship they have because it's an alternative lifestyle. I've been kind of involved in that. And if you think about where this kind of creative work and you relate it to that, if you kind of know what I'm talking about, if you've heard of my old show or if you kind of get what I was saying earlier about marriage and things like that, you kind of understand the differences and what this looks like and um and it really is it boils down to um are you in the closet about your life and actually that would be a much more sensible title are you in the closet about your life are you ashamed of your life are you ashamed of your values? Don't work with people who are ashamed of their life, ashamed of their values. Reading people, what the title and the subtitle for this is that reading people is more important than reading books. You can watch a video based on the same book and learn the same information. I mean, I love books, but not everybody does. Um... And if you're somebody who's more of a video person um, or a live stream person or something like that, it doesn't invalidate the learning. But reading people, are you in the closet about your life? Reading people is more important than just reading books. And I can't get any more quote unquote specified or specific or deeper into philosophy than this. And as we go deeper, I'll make more episodes and I'll share my insights. And um, there's been, again, relationships and explorations my husband and I have experienced. And if that kind of stuff were to ever surface, because to be honest, we are such real people that I'm sure some of it has. I don't think everything that we do is a secret or everything about our marriage because when we met online we were struggling with how to tell people how we met because we didn't want to make the family scared and we started to go in the closet about it and then we realized it doesn't even feel right to be in the closet about how we met and to lie and to say we met at school when it wasn't true to say we met through some blindy thing when it wasn't true we met online through a website <laughs> and now that we're both in person in front of the family, they're not, they see that I'm safe and they've been more than gracious to let me in, but they're not going to turn me away now. Like I've been here long enough that we can be honest with them and it's fine. And so we had to let that loose and it didn't feel right to, uh, you know, so I've been in uh, experiences where Sometimes you feel like in order to survive as a tribe or a relationship or um, even a family, sometimes you do have to protect your privacy or protect um, 
your loved ones and and you 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 do whatever it took to protect your loved ones and all that kind of stuff but at the same time being in the closet about something is almost like you're ashamed about it um or not allowing like if you're going to work with somebody for years not welcoming them into your own family um and being like so if you feel like you can work with with someone for years why work with them if you don't feel like they're a part of your family or a part of, you know, why have completely different lives or completely separate buckets? Yeah, have separate areas of focus. Um, I've actually, that's another thing I'll update you on as I kind of ease out of this episode and kind of wrap things up here um, as this sort of fades into um, a completed episode is I'm, I'm really excited to work with Todoist and we've tweeted back and forth and they are extremely dedicated to accessibility. And I'm working on my solo projects in personal life and um, art and everything else in the creation that I do and all that. So I'm really excited to do this. Um, because... I love my Apple and Google apps, but it's become a mess between a bunch of different apps trying to get them to do certain things, um, including two different apps for email, two different apps for calendar, because they all don't do the same things. And then two different apps for notes, like it's become a mess. And so I'm starting to really integrate to, to Doist. Now, if I can get my husband to also integrate and appreciate what Todoist is capable of, that would be like a fantasy. That might not happen, though. And I've just needed a space to do some solo work, and that's fine. And I'm also learning what um, our community uses, and I've seen in emails, I've gotten Google Docs from them, from ACB, and it's very interesting to read through people collaborating together, and it's really exciting to see the format that they use in collaborating with their brochures in Google Docs and how accessible it is and... Um, it's really inspiring and I want to step my game up in working in a community. Um, it might even be better for a while than just, you know, and then having a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time in consulting and advice and working. And mind you, all this I'm not charging for. I'm happy. Um, I started to get kind of suckered into, well, you need to charge for this and that, you know, you have a family and all that. And um, eventually I would like to set, I would like to create a product and sell it like a digital product, like an ebook or um, a book itself that's like hard copy or something. So I'm not completely against the idea of selling um, something that I can create that's sustainable for everybody that can meet everybody's needs. Um, but I'm so passionate about this kind of stuff that I'm not um, at this point, but I'm, see, the thing is, is that my husband and I are going into, we're looking at going into sales together because he's had a background more in sales and I've had a background more in performing. Um, and so that makes a good match together to go into, um, my solo consulting and things like that could definitely be, um, part of that and his solo work in audio editing and in consulting, because he does a lot of consulting when it comes to teaching, could definitely 
be a part of that because he does a lot of hands-on kind of teaching cooking and um and uh wood shop wood woodwork and things like this um he's came from that background and that you know he does that kind of stuff and then I do kind of the consulting um kind of work we both have worked in accessibility um as well and things like this and dug our way through surveys and it's all been really really fun and it's not been we're very lucky that we even have um you know kind of the disability resources that we do as far as like survival and money but at the same time our value comes from that we share that not everybody shares but that we share comes from responsibility and accountability and improving finance and budgeting and like we're learning every day we're not even perfect like I'm not even kidding I can tell you stories after stories of like overspending so we're learning you know but this is where life is art reality is and um I'm going to listen back make sure I got the title specific enough to let you know when you hit that play button who you're going to be talking to, what you're going to be expecting, and um, these kinds of things, um, and kind of, and I want this to help you. I don't think we're talking enough about this. I've seen a ton on YouTube, and I did a video about, is narcissism becoming like a rabbit hole? Because I think we talk so much about, like, people talk about breaking up and relationships, you know, romantically and all this, but I don't think we're talking enough about, and maybe I just haven't found it yet, so if I'm wrong... It'd be nice to learn that I'm wrong so I can learn more because when you're wrong, it can be kind of cool because you, you didn't, it's something you didn't know. Um, learning about creative artist relationships and how those play out and going beyond just the narcissism wording and beyond kind of the jargon, kind of the mental health jargon. Like I love mental health, but um, going beyond just diagnosing everybody with disease um, just because you don't like something they do. Like, I kind of don't necessarily agree with that fully, but I agree with the intention behind understanding that somebody else has a lot of work to do on themselves and you have a lot of care to give to yourself and a lot of work to do. And so sometimes you're not going to be a match with somebody else as far as kind of um, what I'm talking about is the working relationship, the creating relationship, the artist. So... I can't believe how deep we got to go and how long this episode is getting. Um, I know it's over an hour. It's getting to be over an hour now. So um, I've been wanting to release this episode for about eight months, but I had to go through some life experience in order to properly release this episode because I'm not going to be able to share insights on helping you grow if I don't have the experience. And so if you're having to let go of a working relationship and you're feeling a little bit of guilt about it, just know that you're actually helping the other person because you're forcing them to grow up without your conveniences. So maybe you're taking some conveniences away. Um, maybe you're taking away some entitlements that they've developed in working with you, some, some things they think they're entitled to. Um, but you're helping, it's kind of like parenting, like you're helping them grow up 
by realizing that they have the benefit of helping themselves without your input anymore or without the way that you would do it. And so the way that I would say it as from a loving and forgiving perspective is that the other person who might not share your values or who you can't stand to create with anymore, they might not even be a bad person. Like they might be a cool person and in some ways they might have taught you a lot of things. But at the same time, what happens is you got to recognize that sometimes you're hurting somebody more than you're helping them by trying to wear a disguise for them. And it's not really honest of you to do that. It was never honest of me to do that when I've done that, um, especially getting out of doing that recently. And it's not, um, it's not helping them. It's not serving them. It's not um, doing them any favors. And so the way that you're actually helping them, maybe in getting rid of the entitlement of you being there all the time is helping them to become um, a, a better person in some ways than if you had just stuck around and hovered over them. Um, parenting teaches you a lot about friendships too. It's crazy, but that's where I'm at. Um, not to be a helicopter friend or not to be a... Um, because I've, I've had that kind of weird personality even before I had my daughter where I, I was more like a parent than a friend. Um, and then I've had people do the same thing with me and I eventually get away from them. And so um, that, again, learning to read people, a very important skill. My husband has been born with it. I've had to teach myself. It didn't come natural to me, but it's something that I think everybody should learn and so that's why I do this solo work that I do so that you can kind of learn how to be aware of yourself in watching my self-awareness process through all of this and then it might help you to I don't care if you're blind-sighted able-bodied disabled whatever like walk of life you come from religious non-religious I don't care it's uh, more about being so self-involved in your own life um, that maybe this can kind of hit home or relate or any of that. And if you find that it doesn't, like I'm not the only person on the internet, you can, or TV or radio, you can definitely find, or newspaper or book or magazine or comic or whatever. You can definitely find somebody re you relate with more and, um, that is cool. But this is for our self growth here. Um, you and I, together in sharing thoughts, um, speaking, listening, you know, whatever form of communication, listening is a form of communication. And so I appreciate you participating in this growth with me, especially like if you've been listening to this episode so far and you're still here, there's something here for you. There's something trying to tell you something and maybe you're hiding it from yourself right now and you need to figure out whatever relationship that is. Maybe it is things in your marriage you need to address that are uncomfortable. Maybe it is things in your family or your parents or your children or your pets even where you're like, I need to take better care of my pets and show them my values by actions and not words and things like that. I mean, it could be anything. But I hope that this has helped you. Whether, again, you're one person, ten people, I don't care, two people. Um, I really, you know, I'm not here for the amount of listens I get. I'm here for you 
listening right here. So thanks again. Um, I'm a, I won't take up any more of your time. I'm hoping that this will hit home the more that you think about it and the more that maybe the memory will come up later on of anything that I've said in this episode um, that helps you to come with your own insight or even to help you create. I'll definitely do episodes when it comes to creating and kind of the intuition on audio or writing um, and the best way to create or the best times and environments to create in. Um, And uh, so there you go. I'm going to wrap this up now. (laughs) It's really hard to wrap it up because this was a very interesting episode to do, but I appreciate you being here. And um, I live on this podcast. I feel like I really do. So let's stay connected. Stay tuned. Most importantly, take care of your loved ones, take care of each other. um, And even more importantly, stay healthy.